Hey everybody, it's Dan Dan, and we are diving today into a study of a spiritual idea principle, a spiritual principle called humility, humility. Oh my gosh, this is one of those words in Alcoholics Anonymous that we just, man, I don't know about you, but this thing is hard to come by. It's one of those obscure grabbing at the wind kind of things, humility. Now, I get humiliation. Like you, I've had a lot of humiliation. I have understood that for a long, long time. I get it. And this humility thing, well, it takes a long, long time to get to. So humility, how does it come into play? And why would it be so important to AA? Well, I'll tell you why. Because it takes humility it takes a humble approach, a humble attitude in order to learn new things. And there are certain things in life we don't have any trouble with this at all. You know, when they tell us, hey, you got to do these courses to get a college degree, or you have to train at this trade, this professional skill for a certain period of time until you can say you're certified or licensed or an expert or a journeyman in that skill. And we say, Oh, okay, because it's like a perfectly clear pathway to achieve the goal. It's indeed humility, knowing exactly who and what I am, that gives me the ability to follow that coursework or that time frame or that dedicated effort to get to where I want to be. Humility gives me the ability. That's why it is so important. And humility comes about typically from humiliation. And our seventh step in the 12 and 12 goes over that a lot. It's why this humility is the spiritual principle of the seventh step. But what humility also does for us is it transforms our past into our greatest asset. And that type of humility or that framework of humility is being able to see how my past can be so helpful to someone else. We will not regret the past nor to wish to shut the door on it is part of the promises, right? And no matter how far down the scale we have gone, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. Those are all products of humility. And every single step it tells us in step seven is an effort to ratchet down to take another little chink out of pride and ego. So let's talk about that for a second. What, what do we run into when we lack humility, when we don't have humility, what have we really come up against? And, and this is the idea of pride, right? An, a really an unrealistic image of ourselves and it goes both directions. So if you can imagine in your mind, a line, like old school math. You know, you're in high school, they say draw a plane and put a zero right in the middle of that line. It's one straight line going across the page with a zero in the middle. Just picture this in your head for a second, right? And that would be like normal. That's the place where zero pride is involved. And you can do anything with that math problem, right? You can make any angle you want on that graph. However, Pride goes below that zero and says, I'm not good enough to do it. I can't do it because of this or that. You know, it floats around, I can't, and a whole bunch of blame and victimization stuff and all these reasons why you can't do something. 
And then the other one, you go right past that line and go straight up in the air. And this unreasonable image of myself becomes stuff like, I'm too good to do that. I'm really that awesome and this kind of thing. And those things, that ego trip, that pride, the pride in reverse, that low self-esteem, oh my gosh, they all just fly in the face of humility. It is when those character defects are coming alive in me that I have such a hard time being humble. Oh my gosh, humility. Man, it's going to tell me in the seventh step that I don't always have to be belugined to find it, but that does seem to be far too often the case. So humility, let's talk about the spiritual principle of humility. How do you get it? What is it? And what kind of power is in it? Well, our book goes on to tell us, and it kind of gives us the idea that humility is a sort of a negative term, right? Something that people don't often want or seek, that type of thing. And, and maybe that's true today even so. But I think that it's, he's really just talking about alcoholism when he's saying that. It's because we have fears, right? Humility is something that steps past our fears, our opinions, and our habits. We are able to take advantage of opportunities, take advantage of new information, be able to do new things as a result of humility. In our fifth step, we find out exactly what humility is or the framework of thinking that constitutes what humility is anyway. And that is to know exactly who and what I really, underline, circle, and highlight, really am. Who am I really? And when I'm an aspiring college student, that's easy. When I'm an aspiring tradesman, that's easy. That's easy. When I'm a chronic, bankrupt, idealistic alcoholic, it's hard. Because I don't rely on college like I do alcohol. And I don't rely on a job like I do alcohol. I rely on alcohol when I'm drinking for comfort, for the quieting of my mind and the comforting of my soul. It's so much more. And, and what AA has asked me to do is step away from that comfort, not sort of, but entirely, and put it into a higher power. Whew. And I don't even know what this higher power might be. But I do know this. I can always frame my higher, my higher power as the final authority outside of me, right? The thing that makes the final decision, a principle that sits outside of me that I'm going to weigh my thoughts and my feelings and my actions and my decisions against. And that's what I'm to rely on. And fortunately, we have such a higher power. So how do I come about humility in the program? Well, when I first got into AA, that first step was really easy for me. That was easy for everyone around me for about 15 years before I showed up. The day I showed back up, because I got in AA back in like 1987 and 8. And then later on in 1997 or so, I found AA again for just a moment, you know. And it would be all the way to 2012 until I would try it again. I knew it was there. And eventually I was convinced that I needed it. In any case, it was humiliations, repeated humiliations, just like the book tells me, that led me finally in the door. If you get into the um, ninth tradition and you get to a certain place in it, it says that suffering and love 
are our disciplinarians. And that is so true because it's when I suffered enough, I was able to come in and find, well, you know, this type of humility that's manufactured by the world, the thing where I have nothing left and all that kind of stuff. Not everybody shows up that bad off. And some people show up quite a bit worse off. In any case, humility was brought on by humiliation, repeated humiliations, just like the book tells me. I finally understood who, who and what I was exactly, who I really was. So when I want to use humility now, or how do I do it? Well, as if you're new to AA, as you approach the steps, humility is coupled with that fantastic word you're going to see over and over and over and over and then again and again and again, like humility. And that word is willingness. Humility is like the precursor to willingness and gratitude also sort of leans on humility, right? So being grateful that you have a way out of your problem if you're new to AA is a part of the willingness that will help you be humble enough to follow our 12 steps. And if you can achieve that, that will be great. There's another, like there's degrees of humility because there's the word enough humility in our big book too. Even so, when we get humility in the right degree or the right quantity, and I don't know how to measure the quantity of humility, but it will show up in the level of effort that somebody puts into the steps. And as you get comfortable in AA, you sit around there for a little while. This certainly has happened to me. And you get, well, the, the humility sort of starts to fade away, right? And, and you're not that active in the steps. And you haven't, you know, you pull out your big book. And it's like, blow the dust off of it because you hadn't looked at it in a long time. Or that 12 and 12, you don't even know where it's at, right? They, they give them out at the meeting when I show up to that meeting. But you don't deliberately get into the steps anymore. That's also a lack of humility because the answer, the reminder, the ability to practice and get better at, to refamiliarize yourself with the reasons to do it and the methods to do it and the anticipated outcomes is so important. You, like me, though, I have that ego. Back to our line with the zero on it, right? I'm way above that zero at times. I'm not humble. I think I've got this thing. Life is good. I got money in the bank and relationships are good and the job is good and the health certainly gets a lot better and I'm not that apt to do it and I love going to meetings at that point it's like a social club right I'm, I'm not getting into the 12-step work like perhaps I could and and I'm missing the point of the program so those two things come along and then there's a lot of other times where I find myself right in the spiritual pocket it doesn't mean that I'm happy by any means I'm humble and I'm able to deal with difficult circumstances and things that come my way pretty fluidly. They don't affect me that much, but to the degree that they're supposed to, like somebody dies and I'm sad and I grieve and something happens that's really good or beneficial somehow. And I'm happy and grateful and it's easy. And it just flows right along. So those are like three prongs on a triangle, but you could be anywhere in between them. So how do I use humility? Well, you use humility to what the book refers to as right-sizing yourself, to get yourself in position to be of maximum use to God and your fellow man. So we encounter humility as the spiritual principle of step seven. We've gone through all the steps, you know, powers over alcohol, my life's unmanageable, I don't keep my commitments, I'm going to need some help from this higher power, I'm willing to take my thoughts and my actions and, and dedicate them to doing whatever this higher power would have my thoughts and actions do. 
but there's stuff in the way. So I dove into a four step and I started to undo a lot of that stuff. And I learned this valuable tool. As these things enter into my mind, I can write down who or whatever it is that's got me disturbed. I can write down just briefly what's, what really has been disturbed and what's threatened. And I can move on from there to prayer, you know, all the page 80s. We can get in there and start doing something about it. And then I get with my sponsor and I, I try to identify what is this thing that's really bothering me. And I tell him, especially the stuff where I went wrong, the stuff I may not want to tell him, right? A little confession and contrition type of thing. And then I get to that sixth step and I've figured out what my character defects are between the fourth and the fifth step conversation with my sponsor. And, 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 and I don't want to be that way anymore. I'm sick and tired of sinking my own ship. You know, and that's why humility is so important. Humility doesn't necessarily come as like Zen, you know, um, um, you know, it's not necessarily peace of mind either. It's not always great feelings. Humility is just a recognition that something's got to change and you're going to need help changing it and then going after that help with an open mind, a willing mind, honestly, ready to do the work. That's how you get into it. You go right through that process of one, two, three, four, five, and six, and you arrive here at seven. In step six, we, we encounter the idea of be ready. We got to be ready. And what could be in the way of helping another alcoholic more than my character defects? Me judging him and being reactive and ultra sensitive, you know? Get my feelings hurt when they don't show up on time. They're not doing it the way I told them to do it. They're talking to Bob over there, and Bob's like got a 742nd white chip yesterday. That that kind of stuff, right? It starts to bug me. I can't live life on life's terms, and I'm always trying to control and direct everything. That old director back there in the big book. Anyway, humility gives me the ability. So in the in the seventh step. We make a change. We move from this focus on me, and we're going to try to get these character defects out of the way once and for all by praying to our higher power, by praying to God. Say, God, take all this from me. You know, it's just a prayer in the big book. It's just a moment in time in the big book. And we get a great explanation of it when we get into the 12 and 12. And I say, God, please take all this from me. Humility. I, I recognize that I need the higher power. I'm going to need the guidance of other people. I'm going to require a set of directions to move forward and maintain not just sobriety. Inevitably, as we get into 10, 11, 12, to practice these things in every element of my life. So I do this thing, and I say this prayer, and I come away, and it's still raining outside, and I don't feel any different. In fact, in my story, I was in federal prison when I did this, honestly, and I went down by the river. It says, take an hour of time. I took a whole afternoon of time, a noon of time, and I went down by the river, and I came back, and I was trying to be all monk-like, you know, and I was just getting, getting into it, man. I was getting into it, and, I'm, and I say the seven-step prayer, and I'm telling you, I meant it. I felt it in my soul. I meant it, and nothing happened. I mean, nothing. Nothing happened. Boy, was I upset about that. I thought I was going to have some bright white light experience. I was waiting for the big angels to come down and pat me on the back and tell me, you did such a good job, Dan, Dan. You're like the master of the 12 step, you know, because I wasn't actually humble. 
And what really happened was the next day, after spending all that time considering my character defects, whoo, they were all front and center. And the ability to use the seven-step prayer came very clearly as it was very necessary. And I made a lot of mistakes the next day, some of them that were pretty embarrassing and regretful because I was mad at me and I was super uncomfortable. But as I prayed on through it and I thought about the process of taking things through that fourth step by doing a fifth step, by thinking about my character defects in the sixth step, I re-identified them over and over again. And I saw so, so clearly how they wrecked the very goals I would set out to achieve so often and really in simple stuff, you know, it would mostly be in things like relationships and finances. And you might think, you don't have that problem in prison, Dan, Dan. Well, any of you that have been out in the federal prison system would know what a Mac is. And you definitely have, you know, macro financing and other places it stamps and other stuff. But we use packets of macro. And I also had to deal with relationships at home. And I had things going on and humility begins to break down that wall of pride and ego and lets me begin to think about other people first. Go out and do his bidding. That's the end of the prayer. Go out and do God's bidding, meaning go out and do the things that God would have you do. Go out and let God work through you. Don't be so concerned with what happens to you because that's always negative and when, when I get a hold of it. And don't be so hell-bent about what's going on for you, because you might think you deserve it or you've done really good. It's neither of those things. Really, take a look at those things and be grateful for both of them. See the difficult things as opportunities to practice these steps? I mean, after all, why learn them if things are going to go perfect all the time first? And when they go wrong, why be upset when you have this fantastic set of tools to work with? And then when things go really good, it's to drop into gratitude and recognize that this world makes that happen. This higher power makes that happen. You don't make it happen. You're just a little tiny speck of the whole process, right? So instead of those two things, though, what we want to do is step out of that and think about how do I bring God through me, through me, through me. In other words, where Dan Dan might normally just get pissed off and blow off the handle, I'm going to try patience, kindliness, and tolerance. And other places where I might be busy and I wouldn't cancel my schedule to help a drunk, I'm going to do that. When God puts another drunk in my life, that's the time to make a move. I'm going to begin to think about other people first. I'm going to begin to drop the idea that, hey, I don't control them, so, you know, to be good with them. No, no, no. I influence people. I do have an effect on people. I want to ask myself in every interaction, especially the uncomfortable ones, what effect do I want to have on these people? I may not be able to puppet them around like a machine and control them. I do influence them. How do I want that influence to be? And that's the higher power asking me to move him, it, her, whatever, on through me, God through me, God through me. And that's the idea behind humility. Humility gives me the ability to leverage the steps up to this point, up to step seven, in order to be ready to be God on the spot, in order to be capable of doing extraordinary things that aren't selfish at all for the benefit of others. 
without any interest in getting something back. Humility gives me the ability to learn because I can see that I don't know, and it's perfectly fine to not know. And I can take on new information and evaluate it for its usefulness in my life or in a certain moment or in a project or in a physical thing that I'm trying to build or do or write or something like that. Humility gives me the ability to put an end to conflict with other people, that the anger can stop with me. I can say that short, wonderful prayer out of our book, God, save me from being angry. Save me from being angry and allow the other person to have their say. Humility gives me the ability when I make a mistake to go make an amend and get that mistake right. It's so important to have humility because in this next step, in the A step, we're going to encounter this idea that we've hurt people, maybe a lot of people. Yeah, that we didn't hit our bottom alone. The spiritual principle of the A step is brotherly love. We're going to have to be able to sit in front of people in our ninth step and hear what they have to say about us. And it might be really, really uncomfortable. Someone in my family didn't bother to have that conversation with me for five years. And even then told me I was off the island. That was the way she described it. It's a beautiful conversation and relationship today, but that's how she described it. Humility gives me the ability to live life on life's terms. Humility gives me the ability to know which first thing is first. Humility gives me the ability to know that I didn't write AA. I didn't create AA. I didn't buy the chairs for the rooms. I didn't sign the lease. I didn't buy the books, make the coffee, none of that. And on the day I need it, it's there. So somewhere in the midst of things is self-pity and self-righteousness, is ego and pride and all these other things. And the goal is to take that moving target called humility, moment to moment, day to day, sometimes hour to hour and really difficult things. And remember this, that when we get to our 11th step, there's a prayer there too. And we want to be able to do what that prayer suggests that we do. And that's going to be very difficult <laughs> without humility. It, one thing that's really crazy about humility is that it can, it can come across my mind as being worthless. And it can come across my mind as being priceless. And it can come across my mind like not at all when I could really use it, right? So here's what I want you to do. Here's just, this is a Dandanism, and, I, and I, I apologize for that. I know that. There's plenty of humility in the big book. It occurs 57 times, almost entirely in the 12 and 12. It's like four in the big book and 53 times in the 12 and 12. So it's primarily there. And my guess is that Bill wrote the big book, and maybe he wasn't so humble at the time, right? But he did find many humiliations along the way. And when they got the 12 and 12 out, well, Humility became a big deal. So in step seven, it says, in all these strivings, so many of them well-intentioned, our crippling handicap had been our lack of humility. As you run into trouble out there, as you bump into things that make you uncomfortable or you don't like, you go to your meeting and they're doing it wrong. Who knows, right? You're going to hit things with someone at work that's just getting under your skin, right? Your boss fires you, something like that. Who knows? Who knows? Just remember. In all those strivings, even when you're well-intentioned, 
the crippling handicap for you to feel and think and to achieve what you want is a lack of humility. It's a lack of humility. And what we'll learn is that we don't always need to be bludgeoned and beaten in the humility. The whole emphasis of step seven is on humility. Yeah. So it's really, really powerful. So give it a chance. A great way to humble yourself is the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. If you want to up your humility game and you're using the serenity prayer when you're having trouble with another human being, say it like this. It's the way it is right at the end of step 12 in the 12 and 12. It says, God grant us, us the serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that us is so important. If I can think about the well-being of the other person, even if I'm really, really angry at them and I have a good reason to be, and I can pray for both of us to achieve this peace of mind, because, you know, they don't want to be in that either. No one loves to be all ramped up and bowed out and angry. Nobody really likes that. It's a super stressful thing that takes hours to get over for a lot of us. God grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That is your on-the-spot, 10-step spot-check inventory, prayer to save the day. So humility, so incredibly powerful. And as we go into this humble place, as we think about it in terms of the spiritual principle, the spiritual constant, the one thing that will always work, where anger, you got to get more and more angry to try to get anything out of it. Humility is going to remain exactly the same. Here's the prayer from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Amen just means I believe it. I believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. Our job in Alcoholics Anonymous, once we get a good grasp of these steps, is to be of maximum service to God and our fellow man. Maximum service, not just occasionally when it's convenient but to live a spiritual life and humility gives me the ability, knowing exactly who and what I am and having a good grasp on how to find out through other people asking for help and learning new things to get to where I want to go or to be able to do how I want to do, but maybe most importantly, be able to think and feel the way that I want to feel so I can be of maximum service to those people around me. How do you want to affect people? How do you want to influence them? Humility gives you the ability to achieve amazing things as a recovered alcoholic. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. So here we go. If you're going to sit around and talk about humility for a second, talk about how hard it is to be humble. Maybe some funny stories or something like that. 
There's a lot of things out there about humility that are really, really funny. Talk about how humiliations made you humble. And remember, it's easy. When we really want something, we typically don't have any trouble being humble. And that's what the college degree and all that is. Just that sometimes people like me, maybe like you too, don't really get humble. We get manipulative. Anyway, I hope you guys have a great discussion.